I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the uh, All's Caps podcast. I'm Steve Wino. This is Carl Alsner. You might have remembered him from a few, from a few years playing with the Capitals. Yes, yeah, good to be here. Podcasting's uh, one of my favorite things to do, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, so we're, we've done this conversation in locker rooms for years, Carl and I. I've, I've covered the Capitals for the Washington Times, the Associated Press. Uh, Carl played nine years for this team, uh, fifth, fifth overall pick in, in 2007, and, and now we're doing a podcast together. So I, I never would have seen this coming the last time we were sitting here uh, at, at the Capitals practice ring. Um, what, what, what are we doing here, Carl? Yeah, I think it was just an opportunity to uh, to talk about the team a little bit more informally. I mean, you know, interviews are great on paper and stuff like that. You can kind of you get what you can in in, in your uh, you know allotted amount of words that you have, but actually getting a chance to talk about it and mess around a little bit, be a little bit more candid, um, you know, and try and cover the team a little bit. Just obviously the stuff that's happening during the season will be nice to, to touch on, but maybe try to dig in a little bit deeper and then at times get a little bit off topic, which is the nice thing about the podcast. There's no real constraints here. So that's the plan for me at least. Yeah, and, and, and you've been, I want to say, not outspoken, but you've always said what you thought, mm-hmm. which may have gotten you in trouble a few times. <laughs> but I, like, I think from my perspective covering this team, I've always respected you actually saying what you're thinking, even if it's like, oh, playing in Florida might be tough because there's nobody in the arena. And those sort of things I remember over the years, now you get a chance to actually say these things. Yeah, and that's the fun thing too, is that <laughs> I'm not really tied to, to you know watching out for anybody's feelings as much. You, know, you don't have to worry that I'm going to have to go into the rink the next day and I'm going to get whacked because the uh, coach didn't like that my message didn't come across the right way and and by no means am I ever going to be a type of guy that wants to get after somebody but, you know, <laughs> let me do that I can do that, that. I can do yeah, that exactly and then I can try and back you down off the ledge so it'll it, I think it's just a good good back and forth yeah and and, and you also bring in the perspective of, of being a player in this league for a bunch of years and from this team a bunch of years and things have changed though a lot like since you've last been here there's a Stanley Cup banner out here there's like this is a, an entirely different probably franchise and organization than when you got here in, in 2007-2008. Yeah, it is. There's there's still the same core, similar core, which is nice because you kind of understand where they're going with it. And, you know, obviously age is, is uh, catching up with a few guys. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's there's always going to be overlap. So trying to figure out, you know, how we can relate what these young guys are feeling to, you know, when maybe me and Carly and back, you know, those guys came in and, and just try and play off of that a little bit. So it's, you know... Obviously, we're going to be speculating at times, but we're going to try and you know bring it back to our experiences. And you've been around for a long time too, and I love having your perspective of of you know kind of maybe coming at things a little bit differently than I would, and then trying to mesh it together. Yeah, I, 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 we've talked about how old this team is a lot right now. I've been around this team for the better part of a decade now, yeah. and it, it feels weird now knowing that we've seen so many guys come in here, 
John Carlson's still here. Nick yeah. Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin are still here. How, how much do you get a chance to kind of see the, 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 the team from afar? You watch a preseason game or anything at this point, and, and, and knowing, hey, I've played with this guy, I, I can kind of sense what he's, he's feeling. Yeah, well, I, I tried to – so last year I didn't play at all, so it was kind of like, you know, I wanted to step back and take a break and not – not worry about a game, you know, the same preparation worry, you know. Of course. But at the same time, I still want to keep tabs on what's going on. I want to see how my friends are doing. These aren't just my, my coworkers, these are my friends, right? So I want to see how they're doing and, and how the team is. And I've, I've, I'm still very invested in this team, whether or not I, I'm on the ice or in the dressing room, I, I still care about them. This is the reason why we came back to this city, because we love everything about it here. And that includes the team. So, you know, being able to see it from afar, and uh, and try to understand what they're going through, and then at times, you know, I still still hang out with these guys, still talk with them, and text them, um, trying to put what my thoughts were together with what their actual thoughts are. is is kind of fun to see how far off I am or how close I am. So okay, what have you done since you got done playing? And you you mentioned you're you're back. You're a Washingtonian now, full time. Yes. You and your family. What, why, why come? Like what? What went into coming back here and wanting to be part of this community again? Well, I, th- I think it. I, I hope it's no secret that we never wanted to leave in the first place. Like we, we loved it here. I, at the time, had planned to, to be here for my whole career, and then things took a turn, and um, we we went off to a new place to Montreal and did not have the same experience there. Just didn't, you know, didn't enjoy it to be honest with you. And um, and so from you know the first year of leaving, we always try to thought to ourselves, how are we going to get back here? Like, what's what's the plan? How, how can we make this work? And uh, see the writing on the wall with, with where things were going for me personally. And started putting out a few feelers. I had a great neighbor, actually, when we lived in Arlington, who always told me, he's like, if you ever want a job, I got something for you to come back. And I started talking to the team and, um, you know, wanted to try and help out with the alumni program because we have some a couple guys that have already moved back with a few more coming up fairly soon. So... I figured that there was maybe a little bit of an opportunity to help grow that, turn it into something fun. One thing I will say good about Montreal is they have a great alumni program. Sure. And the guys have a blast there. And so uh, we don't have the same history, but we're we're starting to create that history right now. And it's been a pretty rich program over the last bunch of years. So that was part of the plan. And and I just love the city. There's so much to do. I'm, I'm a Western Canadian. We don't have a whole lot going on in terms of... Um, you know, military presence, the government presence, all that kind of stuff. So it was just so different, and and we loved it. And I, every day I look in the sky, I see some sort of helicopter flying by, or sometimes two side by side, and I'm always like, what is that? And I love, that's what I love about this city, that there's just things that I'm not used to. So that's what brought us back, uh, and, you know, two of our three kids are, are American, are born in Arlington. So congratulations! Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and 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 your boy John Carlson always loves to make fun of me for being from Philadelphia, but I've lived most of my adult life in D.C. now, and to me, it's always like driving by the Washington Monument or the Pentagon. It's still just like I can't believe I live here. Yeah. And and it's 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 one of those things that just kept drawing me back here. And of course, having a job covering this team doesn't hurt either. But, Absolutely. Yeah. It's just but but being a, a Western Canadian kid and settling in Washington, uh, welcome back. Yeah. This thank is, you so much. This is fantastic. Um. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who don't know about me, uh, I covered the Capitals from the Washington Times from 2011 to 13, went to Toronto for Canadian press, covered the league, came back in, in 2016 to work at the Associated Press, covering the league, was fortunate to cover a, a Capitals Stanley Cup run, I was, I was on the pace car of the parade in, in 2018, and, and have been covering the league and, and the Capitals ever since. So we've seen kind of, we, you and I have in different ways have lived the ups and downs of, of this franchise in a lot of ways, yeah. of, of kind of 
struggling at the start and the playoffs and, and all of these things. So I hope we're able to bring something of, a, of an institutional memory of what the heck's going on around this franchise while also looking ahead to, to the future. And we're going to talk about Connor McMichael and, and Hendrix LaPierre and, and certainly Alex Ovechkin chasing Wayne Gretzky's record, Nicholas Backstrom's injury, a lot of things going on. Ilya Samsonov and, and Vitek Vanacek, guys who, who you didn't get a chance to play with, but are, are the future potentially of, of goaltending for this team. And, and so we'll get into all these things. We'll talk some capital stuff right after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the uh, All Caps Podcast with Carl Osner. I'm Steve Wino. Uh, Let's talk hockey, Carl. This is what we've we've done for a while. the, the Capitals offseason, biggest thing is, is re-signing Alex Ovechkin, a five-year contract. You played with Alex for, for the better part of a decade. What was your reaction to him signing kind of five years, and, and what do you expect in the next half of a decade from, from Alex Ovechkin? Well, I mean, I think it's it's fairly clear. We're looking at all the numbers and the breakdown, the average of amount of goals that we're, everyone's trying to assume he's going to score. Um, it seems like there's a setup there to try and break Gretzky's record. So that, that totally makes sense with the five years. Uh, nine and a half million dollars warranted. I mean, the guy is still one of the best goal scorers in the league, still a great leader, has that presence, um, huge on the power play, can give the other guys space to do what they need to do. Um, and so that all makes sense. It's all worth it. This is, this is me just from a speculation or just maybe something that, that came to my mind when I saw it is, you know, he's already had a very lucrative career, always already done a great job, won one cup, um, to me, the way that I think is, let's try and win more cups. Let's try and add that sure. to the resume a little bit. And of course, get your money while you can. But the way I thought is like, imagine he would have taken $2 million, $3 million. Then you can have a $6.5 million player. That's another Kuznetsov. That's another TJ Oshie. You know, uh, you know, if he took even a little bit more, then you get a $5 million player. It's another Dmitry Orlov. You know, that just look at the way the team could shape up there. So that's the first thing that went through my mind is, man, it would have been sweet to see, like, a, just give a major team-friendly deal right there and then absolutely stack your team up. That would have been very cool, and I'm sure other people have thought that too. But at the same time, you don't want to diminish, you know, what you're worth. And so I totally get why you take a contract like that. I know why the team would give a contract like that. But I'm sure everybody's thinking, imagine, you know, what if? Well, I actually think nine and a half million is team friendly. <laughs> Given what he's done for the, for this organization, I think that's it. 
and I got a chance to, to, to talk to Wayne Gretzky yesterday, and he's like, I think he's eventually going to break the record. I, I, and, and Wayne has said this before. He thinks Alex is going to break the record. And, and we, we do see a period of time, probably three or four years from now, where this team's not going to be a, a Stanley Cup contender, and Alex Ovechkin's going to get kept getting fed the puck and, and, and try to score goals and, and, and try to get this record. But for the next two or three years, this team still has a window open, right, Carl, where, where they, they can contend where he's playing with Evgeny Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson and Anthony Mantha and, and Nick Backstrom when he's healthy, to that, that as Brian McClellan believes, having a good team is going to help Alex break this record, right? Like, when you play with good players, he's more likely to produce. And you've seen this over the course of your career. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you don't want to, I mean, TJ said this when he signed his deal here. He's like, if I have the opportunity to play with Nick Backstrom for six years, I'm taking that. So you, you can't pass up on having a, a, a player, a line mate like that and go somewhere else and, and take the chance that you don't have it. It's the same thing with Ovi. Like, he's great, great on his own. But you put Nick with him, you put Kuzi with him, sure. two absolutely world-class talents. And your your chances for breaking that record just have skyrocketed versus if you put him on a line with me. You know, he's not gonna be scoring as much. So I, I get I get that. The team needed to do it. He is he is watching, he is the Capitals, he has completely flipped this whole area, you know, with, with how much they love hockey now. It's a hockey crazy city, which is you know, this this arena here is you know, you see how many people are out here playing hockey now. So um, yeah, he's a guy that you can't let walk. I hope he breaks the record. I would love to be able to say that I played with you know the all-time, you know, goals leader. And you know, I don't think, I don't, I don't think Wayne Gretzky would ever come out and say, you know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna break this record because you know he's a smart guy. He he, he knows. He's that. on TV now. He's so on he's... TV. He knows things can be broken, but I mean that is a heck of a record, and you got to still keep up an amazing pace and stay healthy. Alex is getting older, but I'm still. Team Alex, I think he's going to get there, but you know he's going to have to play pretty good. I think it's going to. I think we're going to know really early in the season, yeah. honestly, because if he's able to stay healthy, which he has for most of his career, and last year it broke down a little bit. Just I mean, look, he was 35 now, 36. Had the the, the groin injury, had the back injury that slowed him down, cost him a bunch of games. If there were no lockouts and and, and the pandemic, he would break the record. I, I don't think there's any. I wonder if he missed too many games along the way. Mm -hmm. But if he scores 50 this year. All bets are off. Like yeah. he's he's going to get there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, that one part of the off season is everyone thought Evgeny Kuznetsov was going somewhere else, yeah. going to get traded. Were you surprised um, that he's still here? You know what? A little bit. Yeah, I had calls from from teammates that I've played with asking me about him, uh, which obviously were coming down probably from management on the teams that they're on, just wondering, you know, what what's he like as a guy? What's he like as a player? Is he worth it? This and that. And I will say this that. Kuzi, when he is going, he is 100% worth whatever you're willing to offer. You know, no one's, well, I shouldn't say no one. There's few guys that skate like him, but not many. There's few guys that see the game like him. The few guys that can pass like him. Luckily, there's another guy, Nick Backstrom, on the same team, which is a major bonus. But um, there was so much speculation. Everything that went on last year, I think a lot of teams would be quick to cut ties and, and try yeah. and move on. I think you got to give the Capitals credit that they are willing to see past whatever was going on and realize the talent that they have. Also realize that this is a guy who, you know, is is Russian and typically Russians have something to prove. They want to prove that we're great hockey players, we're great people, we have legacy, things like that. And I think Kuzi wants to do that for himself too. Last time he decided to do that, he was the best player in the playoffs and they won the Stanley Cup. Yep. So you're hoping you're going to get that one more time and I think you need to give him that chance to do that, which is... Maybe they didn't find a dance partner. I don't know. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly. That could be part of it, but 
you get a guy like that, you want to try and hold on to him and you want to believe that there's going to be something there. And you also don't want to trade him for 50 cents on the dollar either. Exactly. Like, this is a guy who's a $7.8 million player. So the contract is hard to move to begin with. We, we know kind of the things that, that Evgeny Kuznetsov has dealt with in the past few years. But you're right. Evgeny Kuznetsov at his best, when he was the playoff leading scorer on the cup run, he is a, a top 10 to 15 player in the league when, when he wants to, to do it. And he said to us a couple of years ago, if I, play, if I played hard 82 games, I'd be the MVP. But he, he's not, he doesn't necessarily want to do that. But I, I'm saying I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on, on, on a big year for Evgeny Kuznetsov this year. I, I, I think his mentality is in the right place. I think everything is, is ripe for a Kuznetsov year. And with Nick Backstrom out, how much does this team need Evgeny Kuznetsov, at least for the first few games of the season? Oh, yeah, he's crucial. He's, he's the guy that... You, you need to have two solid lines. You need to have, you know, you need to have Ovi and, and Kuzi, if that's going to be the line, take away the top D pair on the other team. Not too many teams have a second D pair that can also handle the first line. So if you can right. have, you know, if Backy's going to be out for an extended period of time, then that is what it is. You hope someone else can kind of step in and, and take that, that position. Um, but you need to have... You need to have Kuzi anchor one line, and you need to have another line that is also a top top line to be able to move on. And so, I think Kuzi is he's kind of the guy that has, you know, Ovi is the, is the engine, but Kuzi's that guy that can really throw the team off balance or put them on balance. And, and unfortunately, last year it was a little bit off balance, and hopefully this year. And I think he's you know he's he's got a family, he's got friends that that want to see him you know be successful. And I would assume, if it was me at least, last year that would have made me feel, I would have, I personally would have felt a little bit embarrassed. I would have felt like I have something to prove now as well. And from what I've heard, some of the sound bites and seeing him on the ice, it seems like he wants to work towards that. So I know Kuzi personally, he's an awesome guy. He's one of the best Russian players <laughs> I've, I've played with. He's hilarious and, and he thinks the game on another level. So, I mean, all signs point to him having a great year, but the season gets going and things happen. You never know. Of course, and, and, and Nicholas Backstrom. Let's let's not take away how valuable a player he is to this team, and and, and so he, he he didn't skate most of the offseason, Left hip hip injury that had surgery repaired in, in, in twenty fifteen. But like, how big a loss is Nicholas Backstrom? You've played with him for for a bunch of time. What does he mean to a team? Because I, I'd always said that Alex is the C, is the captain. He wears the C, but that Nick was always the kind of the guy who people look to for that leadership thing. Uh, Alex was the, the, the leader by example, but Nick was that guy. What is Nick Backstrom's value to this team on the ice and in that locker room role? He is, I'd say he's equal to Ovi. You know, he's, he is um, kind of everything that Ovi isn't and vice versa. You know, like sure. it's them, them two together is actually a perfect combination, which is, which is kind of awesome. Um, but I think that, you know, we talked about it last year at the beginning of the year. Nicky was the best player on this team. He was, he all did, last year. He yes. did absolutely everything for the team. And, and he just went about his business and did. He hated that he was getting uh, some of that spotlight there. We did a couple features on him just during the games, too. And, uh, you know, he doesn't really like that, but at the same time, um, he needs to have that. And so the fact that he's got this, this nagging hip injury is, is not a good sign, but he's smart enough, the team is smart enough to know that they're going to just, you know, do what they have to do with him. If it takes a quarter of the season or even half the season. I mean, look what Tampa did with, with Kucherov, right? You don't yep. need to rush these guys. These guys that can, they, they're the guys that can jump in at any point and, and figure it out and be, be helpful to this team. And luckily, um, there's some depth here as well up front that, that guys can fill in. You know, some guys a little unproven, but, you know, I think that there's guys that can do it. So Nick is, he is 
the other motor. He's like the electric cars where you got one motor on the left wheel, one motor on the right wheel. That's that's Nick and Ovi right there. Well, Bruce Bruce Boudreau would always say like Reggie Jackson. He's the straw that stirs the drink. Yes. He was always that guy. And, and and without him, you mentioned some young unproven guys. Hendrick Lapierre, the the 2020 first round pick. Connor McMichael, 2019 first round pick. These guys are the future. And, and and you early in your career, it may have taken an injury to a Tom Pody or a Brian Pothier to, to to kind of bring you into the lineup. These guys. You never want to see Nick Backstrom hurt, but there's an opportunity there. What do you think of of LaPierre and, and McMichael, one of these kids earning a spot to, to show what they can do if and when Nick misses some time here? Yeah, well, this is how it works now with, with the cap, right? You, got, right? you need to have young guys that can fill into uh, not just a fourth-line role, but guys that can play second line, first line. If we go back to Pittsburgh, the two years that they won, they had Connor Sherry, Sherry. Who, uh, who filled in, who wasn't making a ton of money and was unbelievable in the first playoff run. And you had Jake Gensel as well, yep. who did the same thing. These are guys that kind of came out of nowhere, you know, although the, the, the team knew what they had, but kind of came out of nowhere and then were on the first two lines and then the team had that much success. You kind of need that with guys like this, guys that aren't making a ton of money that are, that are hitting against your cap and that can come in and, and do something special that other teams don't know a ton about and, and are just out here kind of like, playing the game, just having fun, not guys that are going to get into their heads too much. And, you know, I've, I heard the mic'd up of LaPierre just kind of having fun, <laughs> singing out He's there. a good kid. Yeah, he seems like a good kid. He seems like he just wants to enjoy enjoy life, enjoy hockey. You know, I know what I was like at that age, and it was, I wasn't singing on the ice. I was, like, <laughs> focusing on absolutely everything, making sure I didn't mess up. These, these are guys that have a bit of a different view, and, and they can be dangerous. And you're, you're going to need one of them whether it's at, well, it will be at the beginning of the year, but during the year, there's going to be other guys that are going to get hurt, and you may need to give time off to guys like TJ, who, who's had some stuff going on, Nikki, who's had some stuff going on, so, you know, these, these are guys that are going to have to play. Yeah, and let me ask you this, as a guy who was a shutdown defender in the league, when you have a young kid coming in the league who may not be physically strong, Hendrick LaPierre sees the game very well, may not be kind of physically ready to play against grown men. What is the what do you try to do as as a defenseman against those guys, and what can the Capitals do in terms of line mates or or kind of putting them in situations to, to to succeed? Yeah, so the way that I would look at it is, I wanted to be as physical as I could on those guys. I wanted to make it not fun. I wanted to, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you want to you want them to think twice going into the corner, think twice going to the front of the net, and that's what I would assume guys are going to try and do with them. So in order to give them a little bit more space. It would be nice to put them with someone who can create that for them. Someone like a Tom Wilson, yeah, maybe. Someone like a Tom Wilson, maybe. That could work out great. Someone that just um, puts their mind at ease. You know, when I always heard from guys that when they would go out with, you know, Donald Brashear and they know Erski was on the back end too, they were playing free. You know, we're going to do whatever we want when we're out there. And so if you can do that, you know, Tom is really one of the only guys that you can do that with. I don't think you're going to break up the quote-unquote fourth line of this team because no. uh, they're, they're too good together um, but yeah so that's that's kind of what you want to do is you want to be able to um, help them out make them feel comfortable but you know you never know these guys might decide to get a little bit of edge in their game as well and and then maybe they'll succeed um, but but yeah it, it is going to be tough uh, young young players have a bit of a learning curve and as long as coach Laviolette's okay with them making the mistake here and there as long as it's not a game-changing mistake every single time then that's where these guys flourish. And that's what I, you know, we go back to, to Carly. Like, Carly played the game so free when he came in. He was just trying anything. He didn't really seem to worry about, you know, what the repercussions were going to be. And the coaches gave him leeway. They gave him a chance to do that. And he didn't make all that many mistakes because he was a great player. But 
those are the guys that seem to have a little bit more. Drew Doughty is a great example of that. Sure. We go to the Kings. He, I could never figure out how he played the game the way he did. Like I was his D partner at World Juniors, and the guy, it was like it was, it was like we were playing like shinny in his backyard. Except this is the biggest tournament for for junior players, and he just didn't seem to have that care. Those are the guys that you try to try to be like to a point. But those are also the guys that need to have a bit more leash. And that's kind of the way the league is going right now. Those young guys kind of, you know, wag the tail a little bit now. And, and that's, that's I'm sure we'll see a little bit of that. But we also have a veteran coach here in La Violette that probably also wants to instill good habits and make sure that it doesn't get too out of hand. But, I mean, these are young guys that are going to make a mark on this team. And, that, and that's world junior hero John Carlson from, yes. from, the, from the American standpoint. I left that out on purpose. Right. Uh, uh, coming up, we'll, we'll talk about the Rangers opener. We'll talk about expectations for the season. Look around the league a little bit and, and make some predictions. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps, your, your newest Washington Capitals podcast uh, with Carl Olsen and I'm Steve Wino. Uh, Hockey season. We're, we're, we're finally back to an 82-game season. Back when, I think we took it for granted at some point, Carl, that like 82 games, you play a re-opponent. As a, as a fan now, are you looking forward to, to kind of watching a full season again and, and, and seeing full, full arenas and an entirely full schedule before the playoffs get underway? Yeah, it, it will be nice. I, I, I enjoy having all those games as a fan because you know, we all want to watch as much hockey as we can and, and, and get a better sample size. As a player, you, you enjoy a shorter season, albeit it was a right. crammed season last year. That was, that was tough for the guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this will be nice just to, just to kind of see what, how, how guys get back into the swing of things. I think they are um, more excited for uh, normal road trips, you know, being able to get to know your teammates, have your wives get to know the other wives, the kids get to know each other. Like, these are things that we don't always think about when we're just watching games. So for me as a fan, love to have all that. For the players, I'm sure they're going to love to just get back into the regular NHL. This is the, the lifestyle of the NHL is one of the big draws of it, and no one's had that over the last year and a half. So this is, this is going to be good for everybody. And I do wonder if a lot of guys kind of were thrown off by the restrictions. And, and, and maybe if, and Evgeny Kuznetsov or Nelly Samsonov, guys who, who did violate protocol last year, that having a little bit more of that freedom to get away from hockey does, does that help certain guys more than others, maybe the ability to, to not just focus on doing your job, for, like just as, as a human being? Oh yeah, so here, here's a good example. Every single, uh, pretty much every single road trip that we went on when I was, my last couple of years here, we'd get to the hotel, we'd drop our bags off, and then about seven of us 
would go over to the closest beer garden or brewery or something like that and we'd have two or three beers right before dinner and it was just a chance where we could just unwind relax whether we were going to be talking talking about you know the, the team that we were playing the next day or you know what happened in the card game on the plane like it didn't matter but that was a time where we could just like forget about hockey for a second yeah. if we wanted to and they didn't have that guys are going back to their rooms and playing video games for five hours or you know you go and get your meal in a box and then you go and sit by yourself you know that's that's no fun that's no fun and it's not good for your mental state and then you know when you have too much time on your hands like that you get into you start doing silly things you know and that's not something that that works for everybody some guys are good at using their time and and they may learn something but other guys kind of goes down a rabbit hole so i think that this is uh the guys are probably excited about it in my opinion yeah and look for, for me, it's, it's, throw, it's chuck the bag in the room and then go out for seven or eight beers, but I don't have to play a hockey game the next day. I just have to write about it on the road. Um, but, yeah, so the Capitals actually start six of the first eight games are at home. Yeah. Uh, when the schedule came out, everyone saw New York Rangers at Washington Capitals. Um, Tom Wilson was basically the GM of the Rangers during the offseason, uh, and that's not him saying that. That's me. That, that they made a lot of changes, not based on, on just Tom Wilson, but wanting to get tougher. That, 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 that game, and, and Tom said it to us, that it should not have been Artemi Panarin jumping on his back. They should have had somebody else willing to kind of challenge him in, th- in that situation. Uh, now that the Rangers have added Ryan Reeves, who just got hurt on, on, on Wednesday night, uh, may not play in this opener, but that's a tougher team. Gerard Gallant is coach. Barclay Goudreau is there. Um, do you expect this opener to be a regular hockey game? Do you expect fireworks? Because as a player, you probably have a good sense of what this might be like when warm-ups start, some chirping happens. What, what are you expecting out of this opener? Uh, well, first of all, I just got to say that if the league didn't like what happened last year in that game with all those fights, it's kind of interesting that they would end up having the Caps first Rangers it's, first game of the season. It's not that they didn't like it. It's <laughs> that there's a certain line of, 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 I think the league sells hatred, right? Like yeah. like the whole thing was the rivalry night was the night everybody loves to hate. Yeah. So there's a certain level of you don't maybe necessarily want staged fights, yeah. but teams, players not liking each other? That sells, baby. Let's go. So, and, and there's, it's funny that Ryan Reeves has a couple pretty good rivalries throughout the league, and, and this has been one that we haven't really got to see a whole lot being in, in different uh, conferences. So, I mean, I, you, you have to assume that something's going to happen there. The only the only thing is that, you know, Ryan Reeves is, you know, at, at one end of, of the lineup, and Tom is at the other end of the lineup. So, you know, that's something that, as a teammate of Tom, you don't want to see him you don't have to take himself out of the lineup, as we, we always say, it's a bad trade. The Rangers right? don't. The Rangers will make that trade. The Rangers will make that trade, absolutely. But at the same time, it's you know, you're, you're hoping it's one of those things that you can do it, squash it, and move on, and then start thinking about the next thing right there. You mentioned the injury to Ryan Reeves. I mean, in my opinion, that's a that was a, kind of an ugly slew foot, and it's unfortunate that that happened, and so we might not even get to see that. So it could end up dragging on a little bit longer. But uh, there is, there's a lot of emphasis, and the one thing that was nice last year is, is the Caps were not only one of the most skilled teams in the league, but they were one of the deepest in toughness, too. you got a Zidane Chara there. That kind of shuts up just about everybody. Brendan Dillon also can throw them. So not having either of those guys as, as you know, a little bit of a shield um, is a little bit unfortunate for Tom, I think. And I don't think he wants to fight everybody I don't think he needs to fight everybody but you know I think it makes like we talked about um, with these young guys being able to uh, pair him up with someone who can give him a little bit more space even though Tom is one of the toughest guys in the league it's still nice to have someone to give him a little bit more space now he doesn't have that shield yeah and and not only that not even the the fighting part but not having a kind of net 
front clearing defenseman mm -hmm. without a Brendan Dillon, without a Zanino Chara. Uh, Brian McClellan said in his season opening interview, he didn't. He wanted to see if there was a void there first before kind of figuring out how to fill it. But how much does a defense miss that? How much is this team going to miss not having that? And are we going to have to see more of some of that from from John Carlson and from Dimitri Orlov? Yeah, well, it depends on the way the team's going to play. If they're going to play play good, solid defense where they can keep guys away from the front of the net in the first place, with guys that have enough um, skating ability and good sticks and, and all that, that they can they can squash plays before they even get themselves to the front of the net, then you could be fine. But if you're going to end up running around a little bit and you're going to have teams, which there will be teams that will focus on just standing in front of the net and getting pucks through, then you might have nights where you're gonna where you're gonna struggle a little bit. So yeah, there, McClellan's right. You have to see if there is a void there, and um, it's definitely possible that they have that. And it's just one of those things that kind of plays in a in a team's head if they know that you know I'm gonna go in front of the net today, and, and Big Z's gonna cross check the numbers off my jersey. Then I'm just maybe not gonna go in front. You might not have that, and so guys will take advantage of it. But it all comes down to the way they're gonna play in the D zone. If they're gonna be good enough in the D zone. It won't matter. These guys can skate the puck out, and they don't have to deal with it. But look at the look at the start of the schedule here. You, you've yeah. got a Barkley, Clay Goudreau, and, and the Rangers, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning. Back to back yeah. Stanley Cup champions are here, so you've got guys who who can stand in front of the net, like a Patrick Maroon, like an Andre Palat, those kind of guys, and and then. Colorado Avalanche, who are very popular Stanley Cup picks this year, mm -hmm. a guy like Nazem Kadri who, who can play in that situation. Mm -hmm. How tough of a start is this for this team? Because you look at six of the first eight at home and think this is a good thing, but there's a lot of pressure, especially without Nicholas Backstrom, likely for at least most of those games. How, how do you, as a player, how would, if you're in this locker room right now, approach a start of the season like that, where you know it's a brew, kind of a murderer's row of opponents, but a lot of pressure on, on piling up points at home? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you don't really have, I mean, there isn't a specific plan for who your opponents are at the beginning. It's You're still trying to figure out how each one of these teams is going to play, yeah. how, how everybody's going to come out. You know, some teams start fast, some don't. So, you know, you could get a Tampa who's had, you know, two long seasons, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure a pretty fun, adventurous off season. Are they going to come into the year ready to go right off the bat? Who knows? You get a Colorado who... You know, got snubbed a little bit last year. Everyone thought that they were the team to, to beat them in Tampa. And then, you know, do they have something to prove this year? Are they going to come out hot right away? Right. We don't know for sure. So it's it's not like you have a you know a specific game plan because you have the Rangers, Tampa, Colorado off the bat. You're going to try and do what you're going to try and do. And and Coach Laviolette's got his his ideal you know start to the season and what he wants to see. You know, last year there was so much about, about uh, just trying to teach you know make sure that the mm -hmm. guys are playing the system the guys hopefully know the system now so they want to come out right away and start hot like all teams do but at the same time there's a bit of a uh, you know a, a mental thing going on here with the, the Rangers versus Capitals that may take away from just trying to play the X's and O's game then after that you have a little chip you want to beat the defending Stanley Cup champions and then you got just a buzzsaw of a team in Colorado that it changes your game plan again. So there's three different styles of hockey that they're going to have to play. It just depends on whether they can switch it up game to game. And TJ Yoshi always brings this up, and I think I don't. I think we realize this as we're around you guys more. Is that a lot of players don't know even who they're playing two games from now. Like it's it's so much that we're we're from the outside as, as fans and and writers looking at the schedule. You guys are just like okay. We, I have a job to do. Hey, who are we playing tomorrow night? Yeah. And then you see, watch some film. You quickly deal with it. Like it feels like every once in a while we overthink this. You guys don't overthink this, right? <laughs> no. The, the 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 media and the and the super fans, they know 
they know way more about what's going on with the league a lot of times than the players do. You know, when, when you're done at the rink, you want to check out. You know, there's there's guys that can't check out, and, and they sometimes will struggle a little bit with that. But, yeah, you, you come to the rink a lot of times, and you get into the, the film room, and you do your pre-scout. You're like, oh, yeah, we're playing Boston tonight. Right. <laughs> okay, what does Boston do? And then it all starts to come back to you. But that's not something that you're obsessing over. There's some guys that will. Right. There's some guys that are the hockey nerds that just love this stuff and, and know every single game coming up. And there's other guys that have to ask their teammate, like, who are we playing tomorrow? Who are we playing today and that's okay you know, and that's, that, fine. That, that's, that's not a problem it's not a problem because it's not like yeah. you you know and I don't know if maybe fans think this but guys aren't studying film the night before the game you know no. they're not they're not going home and, and they got the laptop open and the theater going where they're watching Connor McDavid and what his tendencies are that's just not what guys are usually doing you're watching your own shifts and and you're seeing how you can get better and you may focus on a team a little bit the day before with a, a breakout that you guys are practicing or a neutral zone forecheck, but you're not getting to the nitty gritty. That doesn't happen until the morning of the game or the afternoon of the game. So that's that's just a lot of stuff that's happening. And, and, and Osha's right. There's there's a lot of guys that are just kind of, you know, what day is it? Oh, it's game day today. Okay, let's do this. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and TJ's a guy who doesn't watch a lot of hockey. Your yeah. old Warrior teammate Drew Dowdy is a guy who who does watch a lot of hockey and. So it's, yeah. it's, the same, it's the same sort of thing. Like, you do your job in your way, and, and some people like to unplug. Exactly, yeah. I was an unplugger. I, I didn't want to focus too much. Unless I was on the road, and I knew, oh, we're in Philadelphia today, we're or today we're going to play Philly tomorrow. Otherwise, if, unless it was on the board and I happened to walk by and, and take notice of the schedule, or there was a game that I was really excited for, Vancouver or, or something like that, then, then I would know. Otherwise, you got to unplug. It's a long season, and it's hard sometimes for people to understand that we have lives, guys have lives that are going on, and they do not want to think hockey all day long. When you go home from your job, you don't want to think about, whether if you're making coffee, you don't want to think about making an Americano, you want to be done making that Americano. <laughs> you don't want to think about closing a deal, some guys do, I'm sure, you want to just unplug and go for dinner. You know? Sometimes I want to watch the Mass Singer at <laughs> instead of instead of putting on a hockey game, and that's that's that that's you. We can do that. Um, let's okay. Let's talk about this team and 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 the division and the season. What do you expect? And and this is the oldest team probably in the NHL. We, we, the, the Penguins have no Crosby, no Malkin for for a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Flyers have gotten better. It looked like the Rangers are different. The the Islanders have Barry Trotz, so they can contend. But what do you expect from the Capitals now playing? the other 31 teams in the league, mm-hmm. everyone now, and in what looks like a pretty deep metro. Yeah, well, I, I kind of see the Caps as uh, uh, the same as the Penguins, you know, where you just can never count them out. They may start slow, but they find a way to get back in. They may start fast, and then they may just kind of go on cruise control. I kind of see that as the same as the same way. I mean, you've seen it over the, league, over the years. Like last year at the beginning of the season, no one really was talking about Pittsburgh, and the next thing you know, they were at the top of the division. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Somehow, you know? the Penguins Some... always managed to. I, yeah. I, every every time you think the Penguins are going to take a step back, something happens. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of how I feel about this team here too. Is is all the players are there to to be there contending, but there's a lot of really good young dynamic teams. There's a lot of really well coached teams, and the division is just hard. You know, I don't know that there is that, you know, that Colorado that that team that seems to be favored is the are the islanders not that to you they're they're not really that to me in my that's i don't know why i have a couple blocks on a couple teams the islanders is one i think that they're a good team but i don't see them as that elite team and and that's my personal thought i also haven't been around them the last couple years with you know with barry doing what he's doing there um and the other one is carolina is i don't they're a great team but i never see them as that elite team 
they're at that they're at that one B for me. And so that that's that's kind of where I stand. I I still think that you know this is definitely a, a playoff team. Um, the coaching staff is is a great coaching staff, so they're going to be able to kind of weave their way through the season as long as guys stay healthy. I think that they're going to be fine. But I kind of see them as you know kind of middle middle of the division path of the playoff teams right so that mm. that's kind of my opinion I mean I'm not sure what you think about that but. no I, th- I think they're in I, I think they're a play I think this is a, a playoff team for for multiple reasons a the, the high on talent is still there mm-hmm. Alex Ovechkin still Ovechkin I, I I believe in in Kuznetsov I believe in Carlson when Nick Backstrom gets back he's great and, and the Peter Laviolette is a Stanley Cup winning coach for a reason and that, that now that he has a normal training camp to kind of get to know guys in a real way and everyone's not learning his system I think there's going to be a, an easier process for this team to just pile up points mm-hmm. and and we get to the playoffs it's the same thing injuries are going to be a, a factor matchups and all those things but this is a team that wins regular season games mm-hmm. consistently you've seen it throughout your career here we've seen it since this is a team that, that knows how to, to bank those points make the playoffs and then see what happens and and I don't think there's anything different there uh, Vitek Vanacek and, and, and Ilya Samsonov, that's a big question mark for me in goal of, of who becomes the 1A, who becomes the 1B there. But there's there's enough talent here. I, I think we knock on wood with Nick, Nicholas Backstrom because you never want to see anyone get hurt. I think that's something that we've realized, that I've realized over the years, and, and you know as a player. But Nick Backstrom being healthy is the key, in my opinion, of this team having a successful year. Yeah, I think you're right. And then what we talked about earlier with Kuzi, too. If, if Kuzi decides to, to do what he wants to do, then... Then yeah, I think that they'll be okay. But um, that's that's an issue. Though. Injuries are going to be going to be a problem. Plus, like you said, the goaltending situation is if there's uh, you know maybe a little bit of a question mark. We talked about maybe the defense seeing if there's a void there, but but we're not we're not sure yet. But yeah, the goaltending uh, there's maybe a little bit of injury issues there as well with with the goalies and, and whether or not they're going to be able to stay healthy. So. Um, it, that that's where it can go. I think if if guys are gonna have a tough year, be hurt, then this team could be in trouble. But I, I, like you said, the depth is there offensively. Always seems to get guys out of trouble. We go back to the Bruce Boudreau days where they can win six four six five and and still be a still be a top team. We hope that that doesn't happen, but it's possible that we can go in that direction. Well, you know what the fun part is? It's, it's hockey season. We, actually, <laughs> we get to talk about hockey now. We'll get to watch real games now. Uh, for for Carl Olson, I'm Steve Wino. We'll, we'll talk to you next week.